Welcome to episode 91 of the Coaching for Pastors podcast. Hey, Pastor, today I want to talk to you about one of my greatest ministry failures. This one is right up toward the top. And I was thinking about this ministry failure because of Josh Gagnon, who was with uh, me this past weekend on weekend edition number 11. And he talked about his book, It's Not Over, Leaving Disappointment Behind and Learning to Dream Again. And in chapter four, the title is Predictable Resistance. Predictable Resistance. Uh, And the quote underneath it is by Stephen Pressfield. It says, many of us have two lives, the life we live and the unlived life within us. Between those two stands resistance. Let me read that again. Many of us have two lives, the life we live and the unlived life within us. Between those two stands resistance. It was years ago, and it was the first year in a new ministry for me. I was working with a group of men in our church. We called them the vision team. Great guys, great guys. And we began talking about the vision, the future of the church, what we wanted to see accomplished, what we believed God was doing in our church. And we met together for months we met. I think it was more than once a month. I don't remember now because it was years ago. But we met in this really nice third-floor conference room of this company that one of the vision team members was the leader of. And it was a, it was a great place. We had, we had fantastic times together where we just talked and got to know each other and shared about our vision for the church, what our experience in the church had been over the years. And I really wanted to use a group of people to kind of uh, put together a vision so it wasn't the pastor you know, going up on the mountain and coming down with the vision. So we had done a ton of work, and we had put together this vision that we wanted to share with our church. And the first group we shared it with was the extended leadership team of our church. And there were a number of people. I think there were probably about 22 to 25 uh, people in the room. The time it was, if I remember right, it was only guys. Maybe that was part of the problem. But we shared this vision. We laid it out, and there were two people that put up some resistance to it. And the first person said, you know, you're sharing this vision for our church, but the truth is our denomination already has a vision. And he just quoted the vision from the website of the denomination and said, we already have a vision. Well, why, why are you trying to change? Do you, do you not support our denomination? Are you not you know, behind it? Why would you want to give it a different vision? I don't think we need a new vision. I think the vision that we've had is just fine. And then the other person spoke and, and criticized, uh, negatively critiqued, the materials that we had put together to communicate the vision, to communicate and teach and equip the people to accomplish the vision. They looked at the materials, and they didn't like the graphics, and they didn't like the colors, and they just said, this isn't going to appeal to anybody. This is terrible. This isn't anything that would appeal to me. This doesn't motivate me at all. And those two people 
well, single-handedly, dual-handedly, two-handedly, they tanked the entire meeting because I allowed it. Like a noob, like a, a beginner leader, I did not lead through that in any effective way at all. And essentially, I allowed those two people to deep six the whole thing. And we walked out of there, and I did not want to keep pushing up against the resistance. So I softballed it, and I lowballed it. And we actually ended up living out the vision that we talked about in that group in terms of the heartbeat of who we felt we were as a church and the kinds of things, the kinds of people we wanted to be and the kinds of values that we wanted to hold and live out and espouse. We did. We actually lived them out because that's who we were. We had kind of laid out, but but we didn't use the materials. We didn't use like the language necessarily that all that stuff that we had worked on. But 15 years later, after I was gone from the church, a lot of those values and the heartbeat of what we had talked about, authentic relationships with God and others 24-7, we had lived that out. We'd lived it out. But as a leader, man, I stunk in that situation. And it's embarrassing today to even talk about it and to realize all of the time that these leaders had put into that. And they essentially handed it all over to me, and I just dropped it all over the floor. And it was almost like we had to start over again. Now, I may be painting it a little darker than it actually was, but I don't really think that I am. Having said that, I'm remembering several episodes ago when I told you that my assessment as a leader when I take an assessment, what kind of a score I get as a leader, out of one to 10, I actually scored a six on one of those assessments. And so I say to myself, yeah, in that situation, I should have handed the responsibility, the upfront responsibility of leading a meeting like that over to somebody different from me, where a six hands over the upfront duties to an eight or a nine. See, and then that's how that's how I could have been ironically, a better leader than a six by handing that leadership over to somebody else. I essentially did that through the whole process because we came up with some fantastic material that I never would have come up with on my own. But then when it came time to implement and to communicate and to cast that vision, I did very poorly at it. So pastor, the recommended perspective I ask you to take on this and the lesson that you can walk away with is hand over the things that you're not great at to somebody who's great at them. That's how you can be responsible for them. They may be your responsibility, and you take that responsibility by taking somebody else who's better than you and responsibly delegating that and then not just delegating the the responsibility and the activity and the implementation of something, but also delegating the authority and the resources and the power to do that. And the second thing you can realize in this is that there's always going to be resistance. Josh Gagnon in his book, It's Not Over, has a whole chapter called Predictable Resistance. It's always going to come. We're always going to have that. He says in the beginning of this chapter, he says, 
Hello, everyone. I'm Josh Gagnon, and I can't even express how excited I am to see each of you here this morning at the launch of our new church. And he goes on to say, I was at my first service at Next Level Church. I was so excited. I was pumped. He was finally witnessing the first stages of his dream being fulfilled. He was ready for God to pour out his Holy Spirit and shake the walls of the high school auditorium. And unfortunately, there didn't seem to be anyone in the congregation who shared his enthusiasm. His greeting got no response, no cheers, no applause, not even a polite amen. Hmm. That was the beginning of the resistance. And there, there is resistance at every step of the way. So delegate the things you're not good at and expect predictable resistance. And don't worry about it. Just push through it. Just push through it. Just push through it. It sounds easier than it is, but the truth is, it actually is that easy. You just have to change your attitude toward resistance. Just push through it. Outlast your critics, put your faith deeply in the power of God, and move forward. Hey, it's great to be with you today. I'll talk to you tomorrow on the Coaching for Pastors podcast.